I would rather you get five hours of quality sleep at night than seven to eight hours of what I call like bum sleep, like just not great sleep, junk sleep, right? Yeah, you're getting those seven to eight hours, but it's not the best restorative sleep that you could be getting, you know? So, so many things, which I'm sure we're going to talk about on the podcast, factor into that quality restorative sleep that we really always want to aim for over quantity for sure. Welcome to the Mind Your Body Show, where you'll learn how to get your mind right so that your body will follow. I'm Trudy Stone, certified culinary nutritionist, TV guest expert, and author. After self-hacking my mind and body to lose 30 pounds, I now help busy, overwhelmed women use stress as their superpower so that they can rise above it and become more calm, resilient, and physically fit. Each week, not only will you learn nutrition and stress management habits, you'll also learn about the power of food to enhance your mental and physical well-being and how to overcome your battles with living a healthier lifestyle. The secret to eating healthier, improving your mood, and increasing your energy are not only about what you put in your stomach, it's also about what's going on in your brain. So congratulations on showing up. I promise to support you on your health journey with every single episode. Let's begin. A good laugh and a long sleep are the two best cures for anything. I'm not sure whose quote that was, but I know that I feel a lot better when I have either one of those things. But today we're going to be talking about the latter, sleep. So I have wanted to have a sleep expert on the show for a while. And that's why I am so pumped to have sleep expert Alana McGinn on the podcast today. Nobody loves sleep more than good night sleep site founder, Alana McGinn. Since 2007, Alana has established good night sleep site as being a number one sleep resource for families, for her and her team of sleep consultants. They all strive in helping families from baby to adult and corporations overcome their sleep challenges and have well-rested smiles in the morning. I love the sound of that. Welcome to the Mind Your Body show, Alana. How are you? Thanks for having me, Trudy. I am good. I'm excited to have this conversation with you. Yeah, me too. Me too. So in true transparency, Alana and I met on the set of City Line. So we're both experts on the TV show City Line and we met backstage. We clicked instantly and I was like, look, girl, you got to come on the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, that was a great show. There was a lot of great experts there and you were so funny. You're like, and you're going to be on my podcast and you're going to be on my podcast. (laughs) It was just, it was, it was, I I said that show was magic. It was. came together. Yeah. Yes. And I'm so glad that I met you, Alana. So Alana, I know how amazing you are, but if this is someone's first introduction to you, can you just give us a little bit of a background about who you serve and what it is that you do? Yes. So I am, my name's Alana McGinn. I am founder and CEO of Goodnight Sleep Site. I started Goodnight Sleep Site uh, when my youngest, who's now 15, which is crazy, was born. Um, And it really started as a sleep training business. So working with babies and toddlers and helping families sleep better in terms of getting their kids sleeping well. Um, In 2014, I want to say, grew the practice. So we now have Um, over 20 consultants throughout Canada and the US. Um, Whereas I work now more on the tween, teen and adult side of things um, in terms of uh, sleep and stress management. So helping people sleep better, helping people manage their stress so that they can sleep better with sleep being the kind of the key factor in all of it. 
Um, and I work with major corporations um, and helping teams sleep better. And uh, it's just a, a growing, evolving sleep business, which is amazing. Love it. Oh, I love that, Alana. So I have a burning question for you. And I know it's on my listeners' minds. And that is how many hours of sleep should we be getting each night? I mean, that's such, it's such a loaded question because it really depends, you know, on average, you're going to be hearing the seven to eight hours. That's what we we read. That's what the experts like myself tell you. And yeah, I mean, if that can be your goal every night, amazing, right? But everyone has their own personal sleep needs. So for instance, you know, I can function really well on six. There are nights where I need to get my seven or eight, eight hours, but I know if I get at least six, I'm good. Um, where some people really, some people might need more, you know, you might have some individuals that need nine or 10 hours of sleep per night. So anything less than six, I always say now we're running into sleep deprivation. Now we're likely running into sleep debt, which can cause long-term health risks down the road. And if your body is telling you that you can function well on four to five hours of sleep, I'm here to tell you that's likely not the case. And what instead is probably happening is your body just begins to function on four to five hours because that's just what it's used to. It's not necessarily what it needs overall, right? So, you know, I always say aim for those six to nine hours and and stick with that 80-20 rule. If 80% of the time you're aiming for that duration of sleep, um, you know, you can live a a quality, well-rested life. Um, 20% of the time we go to bed late, we wake up early, we sleep in, we have a bad night of sleep, whatever happens, that's okay. Yeah. You know, I'm going to make sure Alana that my husband hears this episode because he's in that four to five hours of sleep camp. And I'm like, no, babe, you need to be getting more sleep. I'm not a sleep expert, but I know you need more sleep than that. <laughs> it, listen, it's one of the pillars, right? You know, this it's, it's yeah. one of the main pillars of health. And we look at, yes. uh, you know, nutrition, we look at exercise, we look at sleep. I, I, you know, for a while I was saying three pillars, but I've added a fourth, especially with the pandemic and that's connection. I think that's such an important mm-hmm. pillar of health as well. Um, and mm-hmm. when you look at all three, I mean, if you're not sleeping well, the other pillars tend to fall, right. And, and don't right. do as well. So sleep is, we need to put the value on it as we do as eating well and, and moving our body and connecting with others, which are also so important. Yeah, absolutely. And I also think, you know, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, Len, I also feel like it doesn't necessarily matter how many hours of sleep you get, but the quality of your sleep, because you could be sleeping for eight hours, but if you're constantly getting up every hour and tossing and turning your sleep quality is crap. So you're probably going to feel like crap the next day as well. Do you, do you agree with that or? 100%. 100%. And I actually love that you brought that up because I will tell a person, you know, I would rather you get five hours of quality sleep at night than seven to eight hours of what I call like bum sleep, like just not great sleep, junk sleep. Right. Um, and this yeah. is, you know, what we see with, you know, the shift work community is it is an ongoing growing community. And this is where we see, you know, if you're sleeping against your body clock, your natural body clock, Um, you know, you're getting your 17 hours, but it's not in sync with our natural 24 hour clock. Yeah. You're getting those 17 hours, but it's not the best restorative sleep that you could be getting, you know? So, so many things, which I'm sure we're going to talk about on the podcast factor into that quality restorative sleep that we really always want to aim for over quantity for sure. Okay. So Elena, can you give us your top three sleep tips to help you to sleep better? I would say, I mean, first sleep tip I would say is just really trying to follow as consistent sleep patterns as you can. 
Um, when we talk about, you know, having those consistent bedtimes and having those consistent wake times, when we talk about bedtime, rather than give yourself a bedtime, um, and it's so easy to be like, I think I, you know, a, a natural bedtime should be nine o'clock or 10 o'clock at night. Cause that's just kind of what has been engraved in our brain, you know, ingrained in our brain. Um, but if your body isn't tired at that time, you're going to be spending a lot more time awake in bed than you should be. Right. So when you choose that bedtime, choose that bedtime where you actually feel tired enough to go to sleep. Now that doesn't mean this isn't me giving you permission to stay up till two o'clock in the morning. Um, and then you're dragging your butt to sleep, but when does your body actually start to feel tired instead of nine or 10, maybe it's 11, maybe it's 1130. Like it's okay for bedtime to be that time because we want you to have that strong association between bed and sleep so that when you get into bed, you have a short, um, a short onset for sleep, right? We want to be able to fall asleep as soon as we get into bed. Same with wake time. You know, we want to keep those consistent wake times. Our wake time is, is largely dictated by, um, our life, right? We have to get up to go to work. We have to get up to get our kids up at school. Um, but that morning wake time is such an important, almost to be honest, more important than your actual bedtime, because the time we wake up in the morning really dictates the rest of our day. And we always wake up. I always tell people, you know, you wake up and your, your sleep tank's empty because you've, whether, whatever kind of sleep you've had throughout the night, whether you've had two hours, four hours, five hours, not great sleep, great sleep, your sleep tank is pretty empty. And when you wake up in the morning and your goal throughout the day is to fill that tank up as much as you can so that it's easier for you to fall asleep at night, waking up consistently in the morning, um, helps you do that. So following consistent sleep patterns is super, super important. Sleep environment is super important. Um, that would probably be my second sleep tip. And that's something that I really saw a shift in, especially throughout the pandemic, because so many of us were working from home and still are working from home. More and more of us are, are working more remotely now and haven't gone back to work. So our bedroom becomes that room in which we're doing everything but sleeping. It became our home office, our kids' classroom, our entertainment room, our home gym, you know, and, and in doing that, you're weakening that association between sleep and your bed because you're spending too much time not sleeping in your room, right? So bringing it back mm. to just sleep and making sure that we're setting up that calm and, and relaxing and quiet environment, that sleep-like sanctuary. Um, and then a topic that you're familiar with and myself as well is, is Third is stress management. You know, we're not going to sleep well with these busy, busy brains that we all have. And listen, mm -hmm. the past few years have been stressful. Um, so people's anxieties and, and burnout and, you know, someone mentioned to me, I just feel frayed. And I thought that was such a great way to explain it. Like we're just all feeling so frayed and it, in doing that, yes, you feel exhausted, but it's not allowing us to sleep because our brain is it's too busy trying to process everything going on in our lives. So learning proper stress management techniques, I think really does help us sleep better for sure. Oh, it's so true, Alana, because if I'm having a stressful day, I find that if I meditate as I'm trying to fall asleep, I have a much better quality of sleep than if I just try to go to bed. Because if yeah. I have a stressful day and I try to lie my head on the pillow now and go to bed, I find myself like my thoughts just racing. Mm -hmm. Right. So I'm going, yeah. I'm replaying the day's events through my mind. I'm thinking, okay, maybe I should have done this differently. Maybe I should have said this. Okay. I got this thing to do tomorrow. I got to make sure I send this email versus when I meditate. I feel like it's almost just like quieting my mind. 
Right. And I just have such a better quality of sleep. So yeah, I'm, I'm huge on doing something to help you to like, to lull you into sleep, whether it's meditation, whether it's reading a book, whatever that thing might be for you to find that thing that kind of like activates, I guess that those sleep hormones so that you can actually have a more, a more restful night's sleep. Now, speaking about environment, oh, no, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. It'll come up later in conversation. I'm sure it's fine. Go ahead. Okay. I wanted to touch more on environment because I think that is such an important piece. And I am a stickler for this. I talked about this on city line at the end of your bedtime routine. It Um, was like, yes, I was loving it. (laughs) Yes. So I wanted to ask you, Alana, like, do you have a bedtime routine? I do. And you know what? I have to say, this was something that, you know, in all my years of doing this, I really didn't start putting a lot of focus into my bedtime routine until because in all honesty, I never had a lot of trouble sleeping. Um, so, you know, in, in my defense, you know, my bedtime routine was just a typical bedtime routine, you know, washing your face, brushing your teeth, getting into bed and going to sleep. And that always worked for me up until probably about a year and a half to two years ago, you know, I'm a woman at a certain age and our bodies go through shifts. Um, and you know, going to bed can be, was, was my sleep wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. Um, and sleep is always something that I've always obviously working on, you know, it would be weird if I wasn't. Um, but I know I needed to make changes with my bedtime routine. So it was just some, something as simple as bringing back reading for me. Reading for me was something that I did as a kid all the time. I mean, I remember my dad would buy me a shoebox of books. That was like my favorite present, always opening it up, you know, just like all the books that he would buy me. And then as you get older and you have kids and, you know, now suddenly you can stream entire seasons in one night, you know, it was, you know, books just kind of tended to slide. And if it wasn't for work or something, I wasn't reading for enjoyment anymore and hadn't done it in years. And a year and a half ago, I just started doing it again at bedtime. It was my new, and I fell in love with reading again, not it wasn't workbooks. It wasn't self-help books. It was just like a good, just a entertaining book, you know? And, um, so that's my bedtime routine. I do my skincare, get into bed, read my book, um, cuddle with my dog and I go to sleep and I'm happy. Yeah. It works for me. Simple. Oh, I love that. I love that. And I was laughing when you said like, you read a lot of personal development books because I felt myself doing the same thing. So like years ago, I'm, I'm a reader. Like I love reading all types of books, but yeah. as a nutritionist, I'm always studying. I'm always looking at research. I'm always looking at trends. I'm reading so many different books all the time just to stay on top of what's going on in health and wellness. Yeah. And so I started adding in fiction books before I go to bed. Cause I was like, yeah, Trudy, you know what? Reading these personal development books before going to bed for me personally is not the best thing because now you start thinking, okay, well, how can I apply that thing in my life? So then now it's like, you're activating, you know, your brain and you're just, you're thinking and thinking and thinking when really the goal is to like unwind. So yeah. I love when you talked about that. Cause I like doing that too. I like reading like a nice fiction book before going to bed. Yeah. yeah that's my sure. bedtime routine. Nice and easy. Yes. So let's talk about tech. How does tech affect your sleep? So I've actually changed my stance on tech quite a bit. Um, I always say the old Alana would have really recommended to keep tech out of the bedroom. And I still do for the most part, because here's how tech affects our sleep. One is we've got that bright screen right in front of our face, right? So I always think, think of your brain as having a sleep switch. That, That bright screen turns that sleep switch off. So yes, People will argue and people have argued with me. Well, I, I watch TV and I fall asleep fine to the TV or I fall asleep fine after being on my phone. 
you're sleeping, but again, going back to the quality of sleep, right? Yes, you're falling asleep, but that sleep switch is still turned off. So your brain still thinks that you should be awake. So you're not able to get into that deep restorative sleep that we want to be getting into. So you're sleeping, but it's what I call junk sleep, similar to junk eating junk food. Sure, you're eating food, but it's not the best nutritional food you can be eating. So for that, we want to stay away from those bright screens. The other reason why tech really disrupts our sleep is what are we absorbing? You kind of mentioned it with just reading a book, those self-help books. Like what are we bringing into our, our mind right before we go to sleep, right? So is it something that's going to make our brain think a little bit too much and not allow us to sleep? Is it going to heighten our anxieties? Is it going to heighten our stresses? You know, it could be a show you're watching. It could be, uh, you know, social media, I mean, can be stressful. The news is super stressful right now. So, um, you know, it's, but why I've changed my stance on tech is because I am a mom of three. Um, my kids are older. I have tweens and teens. Um, I understand, th- and this isn't, this is even for kid people who don't have children. You know, those evening hours for many of us are gold. You know, that's when we're done our job, whether we've like, maybe we put the kids away. Even if you don't have kids, your chores are done. You've had your dinner, you've cleaned up, you're finally sitting on the couch. You really have nothing to do, but just what you want to do, right? You don't have it to no responsibilities, but your own. So maybe that's watching a show that you love. Maybe that's connecting with a friend through text. Maybe that's mindlessly scrolling on TikTok because that's just what you want to do because you've had a really rough day. So I always felt really bad about telling people not to do that, right? At night, because that's really, for most of us, there was that bedtime procrastination, bedtime revenge procrastination kind of theme that was going around the media about a year ago, you know, and it was just like, we know we should be going to bed, but that's the only time that we're able to do these things. So please don't take that away from me. I get it. Mm -hmm. But this is where I think it's really important to set those boundaries. So if you are someone who is really struggling with sleep and you have been long-term, you know, you have chronic insomnia, then the best thing you can do is remove tech completely from your bedroom. Um, give yourself an hour, cur- uh, an hour curfew, tech curfew before you go to bed, 90 minutes if you can do it and really just stay away from all bright screens and incorporate, you know, something else like reading a book or meditation or whatever. If you're someone where your sleep is pretty okay, but you know, you know, there's probably some things you can work on. You probably can up your, your sleep game a little bit. What kind of tech are you bringing in? you know, maybe set boundaries on people you're connecting with right before you go to bed, set set boundaries in certain social media accounts. Don't binge an entire season of a show. Maybe just watch one show because it makes you feel a little fluffy and airy and kind of, you know, clears your mind from the hard day that you've had. Those things are okay to do before you go to bed, provided again, you're setting those boundaries and you're not overdoing it. Um, I think that that's important, you know, so I I, I don't want to take that away from people, but you know, if you need it taken away and if you do take it away. For sure. Mm, I love that. And I love that you don't have such a hard stance on that, like you said, because I do know some people who actually like fall asleep with the TV on and they yeah. say they can't sleep throughout the night of the TV is not on in the background. So I know there's people kind of like all over the map in terms of like watching TV before going to bed and, you know, having tech devices and that sort of thing. And like for me personally, the show that I watch right before bed makes a huge difference. So for example, there's a show on Netflix called 1899. Have you been watching this show? I haven't, but I've seen it. It's on my list. It's a really good show, but it's kind of like a thriller mystery. And it's one of those shows that leaves you with more questions than answers. So when I was watching that before going to bed, like I would have all these questions like what happened? Because it's about this boat going missing. That's all I'm going to say. 
Like what happened to the boat? Who's this character? What's his motive? What is he up to? What's going to happen with the little boy? Because there's this little boy and this whole thing on the show. So I I feel like when you watch those types of shows before you go to bed, it doesn't give your mind a chance to relax. Like versus when I watch a nature show. So when I watch a nature show before I go to bed, it just fills me with such like joy and like happiness and awe and just seeing like, you know, the landscapes that these animals, you know, traverse. And it's just such a beautiful program to watch before bed. I find that I have a better night's sleep. Yeah. I mean, but that's you setting those boundaries, right? Yeah. That's what I mean. So it's like, yes, you can watch an episode of a show, but what show are you watching? Right. So stay away from the thrillers. I, I always say like, don't, don't put on the Jeffrey Dahmer Netflix show right before you go to bed like that's probably not gonna help you sleep well for me like my go-tos are like friends or the office or like a show that I've watched 50 million times that just always brings me the laughs and I can just like I can literally just shut it off when it's done you know so I you know whatever works for you but also keep in mind there's a lot of tech that can help us sleep better too there's a lot of great apps like calm meditation apps mindful thinking apps a lot of um, bedtime stories on tape, uh, podcasts, like sound um, sound spas or sound machines or anything like that. So not all tech is bad. Not all tech is created equal and not all tech is bad. Yeah, no, for sure. Like I definitely rely on some of those apps you just mentioned myself yeah. for sure. So Alana, for the people who always have like running thoughts going through their mind when they go to bed, like me, how can you quiet your mind to help you to sleep better? So I actually put, weirdly enough, is I put a lot of focus into what I do throughout the day to help my quiet my mind at night rather than what I do at bedtime, to be quite honest. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, when I mentioned that our um, sleep tank is empty uh, in the morning, you know, a way to fill that tank is, like I said, having that consistent wake time, but it's also getting your body moving. Um, it's also immersing yourself in that natural light. It's getting outside in that daytime. I think I even mentioned this on city line, like my go-to is walking. This is my way of just organizing my thoughts. Um, you know, I, when I feel those anxiety spirals happen in my head, the, I just walk it off and how I walk it off is, you know, if I'm really spiraling, I need to listen to a podcast. Like I need to, I need other voices. I can't just listen to music because music makes my mind wander. And I, there's times where I don't want my mind to wander. I really want to just like stay focused and really get, um, in control of my thoughts. Um, if I'm in a good space, then I listen to it. Like music for me is everything. So I'll put on my favorite playlist and walk it off. So getting your body moving again, builds that drive, builds that, fills that sleep tank to help you fall asleep at night. Another thing that you can do to alleviate the, the busyness of the brain at night is to give yourself what I call like a personal pause. So personal pauses can be done in one of two ways. One way is just like a mindful hush. So allowing yourself time throughout the day and start during the day, practice it throughout the day to have that time to meditate, to have that time to mindful breathe, to be more present in thought. Doesn't You don't have to spend a lot of time. For a lot of people, myself included, in all honesty, the thought of learning how to meditate can seem really overwhelming. You know, yes, I can turn, I know I can turn on an app and guide me through it. And that's amazing. But to me, that's just like another thing I have to do. So what what can I do? What activity can I choose for myself that gets me in that meditative state, that gets me in kind of that present state of mind? Like I said, for me, it's walking. For others, it could be cooking. It could be baking. It could be cleaning your house. It could be organizing your kitchen. Like what are what are activities that you can do? So choose something that, that works best for you to give yourself that mindful hush throughout the day. A minute or two, 
you know, two or three times a day is all you really need to kind of just get yourself in that present state of mind. The other way you can give yourself a personal pause. And what I tend to do a lot is allow yourself time throughout the day to stress out. And I know that sounds crazy, but we're so distracted throughout the day that we don't give ourselves time throughout the day to work through our thoughts. And we're human. I can't tell you, don't stress out. Don't have, don't worry. Don't have anxious thoughts because you're going to on the daily. Like That's just life, right? So give yourself time throughout the day to work them out so that then when you get into bed and all those distractions are gone, that's when your brain just goes, boop, let's think about this, that, and everything else. So what can we do? So that's called constructive worry, right? So allow yourself to worry throughout the day constructively. You have a problem. What are some solutions to solve that problem? The, those solutions don't have to solve that problem and problem immediately, but what can you write down that day to get you on the right path to solve that problem? Um, fold that paper, put it away. Then when you go to bed and that problem pops in your head, you can say, you know what? I spent time today to work on it. I'll spend more time tomorrow to work on it. And it, again, it allows you just to kind of put it away for a little bit and, and go to sleep. The next day you pull out the piece of paper, you write down more solutions until the problem solves. So allow yourself, I would say, allow yourself throughout the time throughout the day to stress the fuck out and it's okay. Um, so that you're not yeah. doing it when you go to bed at night. Ooh, I love, 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 love all of that. Because that is one thing I usually say to my clients as well. Like nobody's going to be free of stress. It's always going to be there, but you can master the way that you react to it and respond to it so that it no longer has, you know, this control over you. And, you know, you're right. Like we don't take the time to really check in with ourselves throughout the day. And I've shared this many times here on the podcast before my listeners might be tired of hearing this now, but, you know, just asking yourself some empowering or powerful questions. Like when you're feeling stressed out, like how is it that I'm feeling right now? Like start putting Mm -hmm. some words to it. Yeah, I'm feeling stressed. I'm feeling frustrated. I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling hopeless. I'm feeling like whatever it is. And like, what, you know, what is it that I need right now? Right. And start working that out. And then like, what's one thing I can do to, you know, put me in the direction of my goals or what's one thing I can do to solve this problem. You don't have to figure out the whole entire problem. You don't have to solve the whole entire thing, but it's just one thing. Like what's one thing you can do to move you in the direction. So I love that you said that, like, you know, a lot of times we think about, okay, if I want a good night's sleep, it's those things that I do right before bed, but you're right. It's often the way that we set ourselves up throughout the day. So I thank you so much for mentioning that. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's, it's just, it's a huge, it really does allow your body and mind. It's a huge mindset shift. And when we can do that for ourselves throughout the day, when we have the time to really do it properly, um, it, it helps us at bedtime. Cause listen, we're all tired at night. We don't want to have to start thinking about, I got to do all these steps and I got to do all this. That in itself can heighten your stress and anxiety at night, right? So um, yeah, yeah, focus on it during the day. And that in turn with time and practice will help you sleep better at night. Yeah. And another thing I've started doing, Alana, like when I go to sleep, like if I have those racing thoughts, like I just picture those thoughts as like clouds in the sky. And I just say to myself, like when that thought comes in, oh, I got to send that email tomorrow. I just say, thank you for sharing. And I just picture that. that, that thought like a cloud floating away in the sky right? Because it's just your brain. When you have these thoughts, it's just your brain really just trying to protect you, right? Yeah. So if I just do thank you for sharing, it's like, okay, I've acknowledged the thought. Now I can just kind of let it float away like a cloud, right? It'll be there tomorrow. You'll remember tomorrow. Yeah. 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 So that's been really, really helpful for the racing thought people out there like me. (laughs) Journaling too, like giving your brain that before you go to bed. I mean, you know, when yes. I think journaling, I don't mean, you know, writing out what you're grateful for and all those amazing things, but just like your to-do list, send out that email tomorrow, you know, 
take the, you know, whatever you can do to kind of just like get those thoughts out of your brain so that when they do come in, I wrote it down, I'll deal with it tomorrow. And that's it. So yeah, Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big, there's something to be said about pen to paper, you know, like I'm a big writer. Yeah. Yes. I'm going to put the notepad by my bed. I like that. I like that putting out, you know, dropping the ideas on the sheet of paper of the things I need to do the next day. I'm going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So Alana on social media, I saw that you shared, you were talking about how having the right sheets and blankets can help you to sleep better. Can we please talk more about that? I mean, this comes, yeah, this, you know, this comes back to sleep environment, right? And I always say it's Mm. so important that people really customize their side of the bed to them, whether you sleep alone, whether you share a bed, you know, you don't, you really want to focus on your sleep because your sleep needs might be completely different than your partner's, meaning you could be a hot sleeper, your partner could be a cold sleeper, you might need certain pillows. I mean, I can't tell you how many people and you know, I, I get it why, but We'll say, what's the best pillow to use? What's the best mattress to use? I can never just say, use this pillow and use this mattress because it's so dependent on what their needs are. I, I, what position do you sleep in? Are you a hot or cold sleeper? Do you suffer from any kind of chronic neck, back, you know, shoulder pain? Um, that plays so much, su- such a role in what you're sleeping on. So, um, and then seasonally too, right? We tend to just kind of buy one duvet, one set of sheets and, and that's it. That's what we do. Like we live in Canada, you know, we have different seasons. We have different temperatures. You can swap out your bedding as the seasons change as well. So really just, you know, I know with mattresses, it's a bit harder if you're sharing a bed, one mattress is one mattress, but you don't have to have the same pillow as your partner. You don't even have to have the same blanket as your partner. You know, if, if you are a more hot sleeper, you might need more breathable fabrics like bamboos, cottons, wicking fabrics. Your partner might be a colder sleeper. So maybe they need the warmer flannels in the winter time. Whereas that would be way too hot. That would personally be way too hot for me, you know? So, um, just really customize your side of the bed to you, not just on how it feels, but also visually, what are you seeing? Again, you want to walk into your bedroom and have that instant association to sleep. Looking at your bed, you're just cued to go to bed. So what sheets and blankets, what visual, what kind of visual stimulation are you getting from your bedding to help you fall asleep at night as well? I play mm-hmm. such a huge role in it. It does, right? Because yeah. we have a lot of pillows on the bed, right? And so my husband, Danny's like, do we really need all the pillows? And I'm like, yes, it's the sleep sanctuary, right? It's about how you feel when you walk into yeah. the room. And when you look at the bed, it makes a difference. Like, it does. For sure. It, it does. It does. It does. And he would notice it if the pillows were gone. He would notice the difference. Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. So we talked a little bit about this earlier, but like, do you have like, like, what are some of the best like resources and gadgets that have helped you to improve your sleep? Resources and gadgets. Um, you know, I know that, and I know that you had commented on my post about the weighted blanket. That is, I will say that is one recent sleep tool that I know is, is, is gaining a lot of popularity. And that is one uh, sleep tool that I can really get behind in terms of, of it can work for people. It's not a no pun intended, a blanket solution for everybody. Um, because it really depends on the person. Um, but weighted blankets can work really well for someone who has difficulty with anxiety, with stress, with really wanting to focus on calming the body and mind down before they go to bed. And the reason why is that that weight provides that deep pressure stimulation. So it activates our nervous system and it allows our serotonin to release. Um, that's our happy chemical. So it really kind of calms the body and mind down. So 
um, it can play a really great role. Um, again, maybe not a solution for everyone, but if you're considering it, it's worth shopping around for, for a really great one. Um, I don't have, I'll be honest. I don't use a lot of gadgets. Um, I'm a big fan of earplugs, <laughs> something as simple <laughs> as the earplug, um, can work really well. I mean, let's be honest. Noise is probably one of the biggest sleep busters in your bedroom, a snoring partner, oh, yeah. um, living on a busy street, a loud furnace, like whatever. Right. Um, sometimes you just have those people that really need silence and this is where earplugs can come in really handy. Um, and I always say, I always come back to just the good old alarm clock. I mean, so many of us are using our phones as, as our alarm clocks, but it's really hard to just use your phone as the alarm clock. And is your phone the last, if the, if your phone is the last thing you're looking at before you go to bed and the first thing you're looking at when you wake up in the morning, that's not great. It's not a great way to end your day. It's not a great way to start your day either. So I always say stores still sell alarm clocks. Um, they're not expensive, you know? So, um, yeah, that's, that's really like, I'm not a big gadget pusher for sleep to be quite like sleep. Here's the thing. Sleep is such a natural thing. Like we're all born with the ability Mm -hmm. to sleep. We shouldn't have, we shouldn't be putting that much focus on it. Really? You know, it's, it's only when you're really struggling that you're going to need to make adjustments, but it's, it's not sleep shouldn't be that hard to do where you need all the gadgets and all the tools. Cause it is such a natural thing, such a natural biological thing, you know? Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that you said that, but I do yeah. like, I do want to invest in a weighted blanket. Cause I've heard a lot of They're great, great. Things about weighted blanket. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I can, I, I can stand like- behind that. Yeah, because even in the summertime, I still use my duvet in the summertime because I like the way that it feels like on top of my body. So my husband's like, do we really need the duvet? It's July the 8th. And I'm like, yes, we do. I do anyways, because I just like that weight on top of me. It just makes me feel calmer. So there's definitely something conditioned to it too, right? Absolutely. You're conditioned to that kind of weight and it's just what you're used to, right? So Um, your body just needs it to, to help you fall asleep for sure. I'm the same way. I need a, I need a big duvet in the summer too, for that same reason. Yeah. 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 So Alana, I could talk to you all day about sleep. I could ask you all the questions, but I know your time is precious. So I have one last question for you. And that is what is your favorite way to take care of your mind and your body? I love that. I mean, I always, I guess I just always come back to my walks. Like it's, it's, it's honestly something. And, you know, I always joke and say, like, I was doing it before the pandemic made it cool. Like I (laughs) did this since I was a teenager. Um, my, I have a very, um, creative mind and a very imaginative mind and it can kind of run away from me sometimes, which can work in my favor for business and sometimes cannot for, for business and life. Um, and for me as a teenager, it allowed me to just kind of separate myself from things maybe I was going through and just able to, to let my mind wander productively. And it just something that stuck with me for the years. I mean, I've been literally have been doing it probably since I was 17. So, um, it's something that I look forward to. Like I, I actually crave it before I go to bed at night. Um, if I don't get to do it because the weather I live, you know, we live in Canada. So sometimes the weather doesn't allow me to do it or, you know, I have to do a city, city line segment and I'm up super early in the morning. Um, I don't get to do it, but if I can do it, I do it. So that works for me for mind, body, and soul, because it gets my body moving. Um, it gets my mind open and I'm able to work through anything I need to work through. I'm able to, 
you know, stop thinking about anything I need to stop thinking about. Um, and I feel it if I don't do it. So that's always my go-to. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, I love that, Alana, because you talked earlier about how, you know, what you do in the day also sets you up for sleep. And I find that because for me personally, when I go on walks, the same sort of thing, like, I feel like solutions come to me more naturally and more easily yeah. when I'm actually just going for a walk. And it's like, I could be, you know, going over that problem over and over again in my mind, and I can't come up with a solution. But if I go on a walk, it's like, boom, all of a sudden, it's like, it's almost like the solution just kind of drops down from the heavens. So I'm so glad that you said that because that it really does help to kind of like quiet that mind or kind of work through some of those thoughts that you have when you have that walk. So I think that's a great, great tip. Love that. Something I've been doing too, um, real quick too, is I've been doing more business meetings walking. Um, so I tend to mm. not like to be on the phone when I'm walking. Like I tend to just kind of like to do my, my own thing, but I've been doing that more, um, and it's been great because again, you know, I work from home. So, you know, you could be sitting all day in front of the computer and not really moving your body and it just gets my body moving and it gets the creative juices flowing. And, um, there's something to be said about creative rest, right? For me, that's like a creative, mm -hmm. it's like, um, it's like a passive rest that I can get out and move my body and a creative rest where I can remove myself from the device and just be outside in the nature, but still keep those creative juices flowing, you know? Hmm. I love that creative rest. That is a great topic. I like that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Alana, if people want to learn more about you, if they want to work with you, where can they find you? You can find more information about myself and goodnight sleep site in our consultants at goodnightsleepsite.com. You can find me on Instagram at GN sleep site. Um, oh my gosh, I'm so new to TikTok like so new to TikTok, but I'm trying, trying, um, at Alana.McGinn, um, and Facebook, good night, sleep site. Awesome. And I'll make sure that I link up everything in the show notes uh, below so that you guys can check that out. So Alana, thank you so much for stopping by on the podcast to talk to us about how we can improve our sleep. You shared a lot of great nuggets. So thank you so much. And you shared some great, great insight. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Mind Your Body Show. I hope that you learned something new to help you transform your life and your body. For more after the show, make sure to head over to TrudyEStone.com. That's where you'll find all of the show notes. Also, make sure to head over to iTunes to subscribe and leave us a rating to let us know what you thought about the episode. And remember, get your mind right and your body will follow. Thanks for tuning in.